0: Hey friend, are you looking for episodes that dive deep into your Enneagram type or are you searching for faith-based insights that transform your life? With over 300 episodes on the Simply Wholehearted podcast, it's easy to get overwhelmed, but don't worry friend, I've got you covered introducing the curated personalized podcast playlist that is just for you based on your Enneagram type. So get your copy to help you continue your path of self-discovery and spiritual growth. You can get it at simplywholehearted.com or just click the link in the show notes to get your personalized playlist. And let's continue on this transformative journey together. Friends, welcome back to the Simply Wholehearted podcast. It means so much to have you choose to take this conversation along with you today. I'm Amy Wicks, your host, and here at Simply Wholehearted, we provide perspective, purpose, and plans to help you love God, love others, and live your best life. This summer podcast season was amazing, and I hope that you've had some time to catch up on all the fabulous episodes from our summer in the Enneagram. In case you didn't know, we took nine weeks to travel audio style through all nine types of the Enneagram. We did that to provide perspective on life through the lens on each personality. We also discussed how their motivations have impacted their purpose, and we even offered a specific plan to love every type in your life in a way that would bless them. It's also been a ton of fun to take my Enneagram knowledge to the socials and focus on one topic each week for all nine types. It was apparent that the favorite week was when we talked about the superpower of each type. While the Enneagram provides a roadmap to growth, it also offers us a reason to celebrate. We can rejoice over the growth we have experienced, acknowledge the uniqueness we have to offer, and really see others in light of their intended design. So besides traveling through the Enneagram this summer, I also experienced weakness in a wilderness season that I wasn't planning on. The day before Memorial Weekend, I fell and caused an injury that halted all my big dreamy plans. You all know that I'm super intentional about my summers with my kids, and if you've been around a while, you know about our annual Super Summer Challenge. But if you haven't, I'll put a link in the show notes to the episode so you can learn more. But this summer, I also had a lot of active plans and some trips with just my three kids thrown in for good measure. Except that not even one day into the lazy, hazy days of no school, I had to toss out my ideals and try to find the goodness in the midst of the change of plans. I wish I could say I did this all super well and I didn't fight it. But for those of you who listened to episode 106 with Shelly Miller, you know I was still very much learning to embrace new and unexpected rhythm. And just when I thought I was doing really great, well... I was visited by an untimely summer cold that turned into bronchitis. And for the record, there is really never a great time to get a cold, but it feels so much more dramatic when you're taking the kids to the pool on a 90 degree day and all you can think about is getting back to bed. But then to top it all off, I received some very disappointing news which stashed a lot of my hopes and my plans for this year. It was really not fun. Now, I promise I have a good reason to share. In fact, I'm choosing to share in light of last week's podcast conversation with Courtney Bassett, which was about making space for change. Whether you are in a season where you're faced with unwelcome change, or you need to make some change of your own design, I think I learned a few things that I would love to pass along to you. First, all of my kids stepped up to the plate and really helped me out the first weeks of summer, and I saw that they were even more capable than I thought. They were stellar super summer challenge victors. And I am even more convinced that creating a Simply Summer is the most genius idea ever. And I can say that because I'm not the originator. I just get to be the messenger. And then my mom came to visit us for a week to help me out. It blessed our socks off. The memories we hold from our time together will be treasured forever. Now, even though it didn't feel like it at the time the Lord did have some gold for me to discover in these moments of weakness and this wilderness. There's probably more because in many ways my season hasn't fully transitioned, but for now, here are a few things I've discovered. First, surrender to the change, don't fight it. You guys, this confession is going to be really embarrassing, but I think it illustrates my point. Because I fell in a very public place in front of some of my favorite people and before a greatly anticipated holiday event, I chose to brush off my clumsy moment and push through the rest of the evening. I hurt, but I was of the mindset that I would wake up and everything would be fine. In fact, I was so determined to make sure nothing had actually changed and all my plans, my summer plans, would go as normal, I woke early the next morning and I did a three-mile run you guys, does anyone else do this? I know I'm not the only one who is faced with unwelcome circumstances, yet tries to continue with life as usual. But if you've ever done this, as in tried to pretend that nothing has happened, emotionally, physically, or spiritually, you know that reality eventually catches up with you. So please, if you can, learn from my painful lesson There is no award for best actress who gives a stunning performance that everything is just fine even when it isn't. When change is forced upon you, call on your go-to people and share what is hard. If it's welcome change or self-made change, you still need a circle around you who can help you through your transition. So don't be afraid to share it. When I finally confessed to my family how much pain I was in, they gave me much-needed support to help me deal with it appropriately. And can I mention how much understanding my Enneagram type helped me wade through this emotional lesson? I am pretty confident that all my fellow assertive stance people can relate. And all my dependent stance friends, well, don't wait for someone to give you permission to take the break you need when you're faced with change. And of course, our withdrawing friends, well, you are usually a little more accepting of the change. Just don't let it stop you from doing the most important things and share your wisdom to the rest of us. The second thing I learned is slow isn't going to find us. We have to find slow. Yes, even with my injury, which was naturally causing me to change my pace. I still had to find slow. It looked like saying no to really great things to take time to take care of myself. And again, I didn't do this the right way the whole summer. Mostly because I was so anxious to get to 100% again. But eventually, I realized I wanted to slow even more than I needed it. Once we begin to slow our rhythm by choice or design, we may recognize the hurried, frantic pace we've been going. Once it dawned on me that deep down inside I was wanting permission to pause some things and adjust some others, I knew I needed to make some positive, self inflicted changes. This has led to a whole lot more than I can share today, but I'm sure it won't be the last time you hear this phrase, and I hope that you hear it as an invitation to find your needed slow in the midst of change. The third thing is art takes time. Just the other night in my living room with some of my dearest friends, we cried and prayed for one another. Each of us is facing really tough things, and one of the best things we can do is offer hope hope that we can't see for ourselves. There is also a thread of something about this hope thing that you might hear more of in the future. But for now, I wanted to share what one of the women reminded us. It was this phrase, if it's not beautiful, God isn't done yet. And then God brought to mind that he makes all things beautiful in his time. And Philippians one six tells us, he who began a good work in you will be faithful to complete it. I want my life to reflect beauty. I want my actions to display his glory, but change, even good ones, take time. There is a lot of open-ended things from the summer, which I can't wrap up with a pretty bow, and I don't think the bow is actually what God wants us to look for. My injury isn't yet 100% healed, and I still sound a little wheezy from my cough. And my big disappointment, well, I've just had to shelve it and there's no timeline or or promise good that's guaranteed to come from it all but when i remember that art takes time and beauty is worth the wait then i embrace the seasonal shift carrying this change along with me and last but not least i can trust in all of this that god is always on time oh man i think i've shared some of my scarcity struggles before and recently it dawned on me that I have a scarcity mindset as it relates to my time. It's connections to how I think I should be able to use my time or my fear of messing up God's timing or even missing his timing. Does anyone relate? Well, I think we're all plagued with one scarcity issue or another. And while I'm still working through some of mine, I have a tale to tell that you can add to your stories of God's faithfulness. It's not often that I have to fly to go speak somewhere. Most of my speaking engagements are local or, you know, a 30, 45 minute drive. But this time I was getting to fly all the way to Virginia for a weekend event. I booked the flights myself and I even had to plan for all the pieces to be taken care of at home. You know, kids, meals, all that sort of stuff. I knew getting to the airport for a 6.30 a.m. flight would require a sacrifice of sleep, Not only for me, but my husband. And it would also require really great prep the night before. But as I double-checked my flight status the morning of my departure at 4.17 a.m., I couldn't quite comprehend what I was seeing. The app, yeah, you know, the little handy Southwest app, it was telling me that my flight was set to leave at 5.30 a.m., not 6.30. And yes, that was a.m., not accidentally p.m., Y'all, I live a good 50 minutes away from the airport, and even though it's small and efficient, the security process is unavoidable. I decided to check the airport website just to make sure my app wasn't misleading me or there was some sort of confusion, but sure enough, I had screwed up and planned for a 630 flight when my booked flight was about to take off without me. Spencer, my husband, graciously flew into action after I startled him awake. And thankfully, I had thought to switch my suitcase the night before and just take a small carry-on. We were out the door in record time, but was I going to make it? You know, that anxious pit in the feeling of your stomach? Yeah, that's how we both felt. Now, Spencer is a drive the speed limit kind of guy. And because I know that's the legal thing to do, I bit my tongue and I didn't tell him to break all the speed limits in order to get there in time. And you know what? Not only did we somehow get to the airport at 5.05 a.m., but I sailed through security without a line or a hiccup. And then, you guys, it was a long walk. I mean, I think it was probably the furthest gate from security. But I walked up and stepped in the queue just as they were boarding my position which happened to be before. Yep, I couldn't believe it. I did feel rushed and hurried. It's not how I like to do it. But I made it. It wasn't the easy pace I had planned, and I didn't get the Starbucks drink <laughs> that I had hoped before I hopped on the plane. But in the end, I didn't care. I made the flight, and that was all that mattered. I knew immediately the Lord wanted to show me something in that moment. Even if I had screwed things up, if I failed to plan properly, or missed his prompting to double-check my flights the night before, because yes, I realized that a simple glance at my app the night before, I fell asleep, it would have saved me all the panic. But do you see what I mean? Even though it could have been avoided if I had done a quote-unquote better job, he still got me there in time. I think the Lord, not so secretly, delighted in showing off his sovereign provision, to remind me that, in fact, God is always on time. Obviously, my year of faith is being shaped in all sorts of ways, and I don't think he's finished yet. So I'm waiting. I'm waiting as I'm facing change once again and carry some of these lessons along with me. This is the third fall season of the podcast. Yes, that means we've almost been having conversations for three years together. So much fun. But once again, I wasn't sure what topics we were going to do for the rest of the year. I'm super grateful my inbox has been flooded with requests to be on the podcast, and my book stack keeps growing higher and higher. But what did the Lord want me to say this year to all of you? What message has he wanted Simply Wholehearted to focus on? It's really been harder to discern than I thought it would be. But just in time again, this last week it has become clear. Because I really believe in practicing what we're preaching over here, I decided to make space for change. I began to accept the invitation to receive grace, which looked like taking a full 24-hour Sabbath. I know, radical, especially in this world, and especially if you're a mom. But even though it's meant I need to cut my Monday in half, which has traditionally been one of my most productive work days, and it's meant saying no to really great opportunities and dreams... I've done it. And just like last year, I'm also asking myself, what if? What if I did it this way or that? And not just the shoulds or oughts. And you guys, yep, just like you imagine, the pieces are falling into place. They're not really the ones I thought would come into place, but they are the ones I've needed. Now, these newish rhythms of grace are going to be a thing around here to help me give you all exactly what the Lord desires. So what's next, you might be asking? Well, some of my most favorite things. And just in time, as we head into my favorite burr months, right? September, October, November, December. Yes, so much fun. I can promise that all of our Enneagram chatter is going to stay as well as I'm going to be finishing up an Enneagram course that is not only going to help you be confident of your dominant type, but it'll also provide foundational teaching that will put your Enneagram knowledge into action, especially when it comes to your relationships. It's good stuff, I promise. The free 30-minute Enneagram consult, the one you've been hearing about for a while, it's going to disappear come October 1st. In its place will be a lot of options to learn more about the Enneagram, but if you need free and it's something you've been thinking about for a while, now is your chance. I'll put all the links in the show notes as usual. Also, coming up on the podcast, some of my favorite family members are going to be guests. And trust me, these won't be any less professional and certainly not cheesy because they are family. We're going to talk about finances and marriage, motherhood, as it relates to Enneagram. And we're even going to do a Downton Abbey character episode and their Enneagram type because I'm thinking a few other people like me are also excited about the September 20th release of their movie. I've even already planned and booked our holiday season. Oh, you guys, it's going to be so good. Plus, my goal now is to have these podcasts on your favorite app by Monday. Yes, Monday of each week. And I'm going to try to keep them to 30 minutes or less. You know, that will be very hard for me, but I want you to be able to listen to every episode you want without wondering if you'll have enough time. Okay, friends, we've covered a lot of things today. I don't think I realized I had so much to say until I started saying it. It really means so much to have you take the time to listen and hear what might be for your heart today. I would really love to know what stood out to you or what the Lord has been showing you as you face change in light of a new season. As you pull out the pumpkins and partake of all the autumn delights, I invite you to take some time to reflect. Reflect on the goodness of last season and maybe even the things that were hard. Celebrate what you've overcome and take note of what you desire to do differently next year. Then I want you to write it down. I know, I know you think you're going to remember, but I promise most of us are going to forget. As you take note of your experience, it's also a perfect time to pause and think about what's to come. How do you want to see it unfold? What is the area of your life which you want to see growth? And what does it look like to say no to some good things in order to say yes to great things? Of course. This seasonal template is for all the Enneagram types, and I've shared it before. It's still available to download, and you can find it in the show notes. You might have already been able to answer those questions in your heart, so I encourage you to sit and give them a little bit more and write out some of the hopes for the coming few months. I know I have a few things on my list. Oh, and you may be enjoying the music you hear in the background, and I wanted to let you know that that was written by the beautiful and talented Jessamine Hamer, now Jessamine Unruh. Now, it's kind of impossible to get her music, but as soon as it's available and I find a way that you can order a whole album of the sweet, soulful, and relaxing music that she's written, I will be sure and let you know, and I'll have it linked up in the show notes. Until next week, join us on the socials and invite your friends and loved ones to join us as we pursue perspective, purpose, and plans for a simply wholehearted life.